had an absolute mental breakdown in the middle of uh, Oregon weekend. It was a lightweight, but I, I've been rolling in the Deuce Club for a while. This is the Rower's Choice Podcast. This is Alex Del Sordo with another Rower's Choice Zoom podcast interview. Uh, we're, we're going with the times here and we're branching out in the video. And I have uh, Nate Kelp Lenane. And now, funny enough, he's another guy that I don't know. I don't think I've ever met him. Uh, I've known of New Trier Rowing since I was in high school. We always knew that those guys were fast. And he has been with the program for over 12 years. So I have him with me today talking about, like I have him with everybody else, uh, what's going on with their program in COVID-19. Also learning about his history in rowing, how he came to be the head coach of Nutrier. So Nate, uh, this is really cool. I appreciate you doing this with us. So I like to just dive right in because I think listeners like to really enjoy learning someone's background, you know, how you got started rowing, why you started rowing, uh, give me some maybe some fun things that happened to you over your career and and lead me from your first stroke to like today how you got to be the pro the uh, head men's coach there wow yeah um well first off thank you so much for for having me on um and thanks yeah. to Roy's Choice for everything you guys are doing and it's like I cannot say what kind of like a saving grace y'all have been this season and that's awesome I want to start off with that because <laughs> because that's is, the nicest thing anyone has ever said so <laughs> no no it's trust me it's it, it's been a lot on my head so i appreciate that as a coach and my entire program does too so um about me um i actually uh did not row until i got to college um funny enough that i went to new chair i graduated in 2001 we did not have a rowing program until the following fall of 2001 so they literally started the program as soon as I graduated. Those sons of guns, um, man, geez. Yeah, right. Yeah, so the funny backstory is I did cross country and track when I was in high school. The kids who started the program at Nutrier were all the younger brothers of the guys I graduated with. They're all rowers. They decided we want to start rowing. So I love that. I'll come back. I'll come back to that. So um, I was fortunate enough to go to University of Wisconsin Madison, um, and and knowing their program, uh, a little of their history, they're they're big on walk ons. They love kind of having a structure where anybody could come in as long as they're ready to do work and get to it, you could find success. So I got picked up in the registration line as being just a call, tall guy um, to start taking some strokes. And I remember that about uh, around 350 or 400 of us show up that first day our Whoa. freshman year. How yeah. many? So that's clarify that for me. I, I want to say as many hundreds of people showed up the first day for the tryouts. But then you find out real quick who's ready to work, who's not going to do the work. Um, by that spring, uh, that Christmas break, there's uh, approximately 50 of us. And then by my senior year, I think there was about nine of us in my class. So, um, and Wisconsin was an amazing experience. Um, my freshman coach, Greg Meyer, um, Coach Meyer has been to some incredible programs. Yeah. Greg Meyer was my head coach at GW. Yeah. So yeah. I knew it. I knew it. This <laughs> yeah. whole like Kevin Bacon thing, dude, I knew yeah. it. I, I felt that's, it. I felt that's it. the connection. That's it. Um, so uh, I, I almost didn't make it through my freshman year. 
I realized he's, all, he's tough as nails. That guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's yeah, hard. he's hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, he was the only reason I stuck with Rowan. Um, I just he, got chill. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> he's got nothing walking out. Yes. So awesome. uh, yeah. I thought I wasn't going to be able to make all the workouts based on my academic schedule. Sure. He's like, Hey man, if you want to do it, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Um, so my freshman year, I ended up working out with the varsity throughout the winter because I couldn't make the novice workouts. So went zero to 60 pretty quick. Um, yeah. and just hung on and, and just love the camaraderie, love the team. Um, the people who were there are still there, right? Uh, coach Clark, um, uh, Coach Hootman, who was now working with the novices, he was there when I was there as a my freshman year was his junior year, so overlap and just some phenomenal oarsmen. Um, my freshman year is when Wisconsin won the Eastern Sprints. Um, I remember they came well. back. Yeah, mm-hmm. they came back, and those were all the guys that I was just around and I was a part of that. So I just love that culture. Um, luckily, I found a lot of uh, some great success my freshman and sophomore year, uh, junior and senior year. Even Coach Clark would call them the dark days, but a little more challenging. But um, to this day, like I'm still having Zoom calls with my 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 roommates and who are also rowers, of course, and just love that culture. Um, so after all of that, I had a, a victory lap for academics, and then while I was finished with fourth years of competition, I decided to just stick around and just start working at the boathouse, did boatman things, cleaned yeah. up all the junk off the docks every day and then ended up working with uh learn to rose over the summer and i think the one thing that changed my perspective of what am i going to do I, I felt like i was always going to be in education um that was kind of my undergrad work um and i didn't know what in education but one day coach clark kind of just ring the bell in my mind he said hey you know you're actually pretty good with coaching you ever think about doing this wow. i don't even said do you think about doing this he just said i was good and that's like enough for me to like all right i'm doing this um, but he's like you know in wisconsin rowing um there's it's jabo right he was the coach before mm, him and chris clark yes, right? like, Jablonic, those yeah. guys those guys are like <laughs> it's like the hand of god coming down and saying yeah what you're gonna do now for the rest of your life and yep. you're like yeah okay i guess that makes sense to me like <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah you, you from 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 coach meyer to Coach Clark and, and meeting uh, Jabo so many times, he had us out to the farm and, and all that yeah. stuff that, that they would do. And I was just like over the moon with that culture, that team, uh, everything uh, that I wanted to bring it everywhere that I wanted to go. So um, so then I stuck around and helped out. And at that point, it was uh, uh, Coach Mueller was a freshman coach. So I was part of the esteemed, we called it crack staff. It was just pretty much the undergraduate assistant coaches helping out the novice squad and trying to get guys ready. Um, I thought we were good, right? We got praise, positive praise, which was just like, wow. Uh, So I guess I'm good at something. So I kept on going with it. And we had really great success uh, as well, working with the freshman four. We ended up getting a medal at IRAs. So I thought that was like the bee's knees and just kept running with it. And then what was next? came back to Chicago, looked for a gig, and turned out Nutrier had a program. They started as soon as I left, got in touch with uh, Rose Marchuk, uh, who our, our program director and head coach, yeah. also Wisconsin alumni. She wow. wrote in Wisconsin as well. Um, and we started talking and immediately just jumped right in as an assistant coach and tried to get everything together and, and pursue my teaching career. 
So and what, are, what, are, uh, what were you doing for teaching? Like, cause you weren't just coaching. Like, what did you do? What do you do for teaching? <laughs> so, so uh, for a while there, it was just whatever I could do, right? Barista, sub, I worked yeah. at a Starbucks and sure. slung coffee and just trying to go to grad school and figure everything out. Um, but eventually got, uh, got involved in teaching and I'm a math teacher. So yeah. I started off substitute teaching at the schools in the district, uh, both at Nutrier and Evanston, which are two huge uh, public schools. Nutrier has 4,200 students, Evanston, I think, just a little over 3,000. Um, but in the end, it was a, a tougher time because this is around 07, 08, yeah. you know, yeah. the other way to go time in our lives. And, uh, and I couldn't find a gig and ended up working in small Catholic schools in the city. And then currently now, this is my sixth year of teaching at Loyola Academy. Um, and Loyola does have a rowing program as well. Um, I, I was going to ask, is there, is there some bad blood here? Like, do the kids kind of want you to be with them? You know, I, I, I've talked to the Loyola coaches, uh, Matt Baldino, another oh, yeah, Wisconsin graduate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> another Wisco grad. Um, what reach out to him first say, Hey, is this okay? Like, I, I, I don't think there's conflict of interest. I just want to support everything as much as possible. Um, I'm a teacher period. So whether I'm a teacher over here or a teacher over there, like that's my goal. Um, and he was kind of open to the idea and we've been in contact ever since we talked, we, I see his athletes, we talk all the time, make sure that I'm a resource for them too, in whatever way I can be. Um, then that. most of all, in, inside of that school, I'm, I'm responsible for the academics. And, and, and luckily enough at Loyola, I think it's also a great space where I can talk a lot about character and bring that also to Nutria, where they also talk about that and just kind of take these two worlds and make the best out of both of them. I really um, appreciate that, like what you said, you're a resource for those athletes. So a lot of crew coaches, you can, you know this, like, we're very competitive people, right? So we want to win, we want to win. But at the end of the day, yeah. what you're really yeah. thinking is like you're, you're educating athletes, you're educating students. Mm. It doesn't matter, you know, as long as you're impacting those kids in some way, you're happy, right? You're happy Absolutely. coaching. So that's really great. Now, is that, is that typical in Chicago? Like, is there a lot of, um, how do I say this? Do, do the, do all the coaches kind of work or help out each other? Is there a lot of uh, camaraderie or, cause like in Philadelphia, you kind of hate each other. You, know, like, you just want to win, screw you, you know, piss off. But like, is it a little bit different in Chicago or am I, or is it just because you're a Wisco grad? Yeah, you know, I, I want to say it's a little bit different in Chicago. And I think it kind of is, if, if I want to pull something Wisconsin, we're an island in that respect yeah. when we were training and we had to kind of stick together through thick and thin because when inevitably we'd have to go to a coast and race just speed i kind of think the same way right if i look at other programs in chicago right crf loyola st ignatius um and then there's clubs starting to actually move and and progress in the midwest as well wisconsin michigan oh my gosh a lot of michigan um i just want everybody to be fast um so i've i've coached with CRF, I've coached with Loyola, I've coached with, and in some, in some regards, we've all helped each other out, and we know that we just want to make each other fast. I, I love, and if you have a chance to talk with either, I, I know, you know, uh, Mike Wallen or Oh, Matt yeah, well, he's Damon. close to us, yeah. Oh, my gosh, and Matt, the men's coach, they, I'm just so excited, they are so fast. I was so scared for the season, because I knew they were going to whoop us, <laughs> but I, I, I was I, looking I, forward I to that. They would have won everything. I mean, those guys, both programs. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I've been seeing that this is his fourth or fifth year there. Two years ago, I'm like, ah, crap. 
these guys are these guys are going in that direction. I see know where they're coming. going. Yeah, see them coming a mile away, and I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Let's, so let's, it'll be great racing. Yeah. Now, do you do you still row at all? Like, do you still, I don't know, train, compete? Do you do anything like that? I try. Um, it's it's really tough. I'm pretty far away from the boathouse, um, relatively, uh, but I bike up there as much as possible. And when I can over the summer, I have a little more time. I try to take out singles. And now you look like a lightweight to me. Are you are you like a more of a lightweight frame kind of guy? This is probably the deception of the camera. I appreciate that. Uh, but in uh, yeah. in college, yes, I was a lightweight. But I I've been rolling in the Deuce Club for a while. <laughs> oh so, yeah, so I'm. Yeah, hold on, hold I can on. get back to it. I know CJ's going to write this down. Rolling in the Deuce Club. And I oh, think yeah. that's the name of this podcast. Yeah, Rolling okay. I'll Club. take it. I'll take I, it. I'm, I'm, I'm a deucer, and he's a deucer. Yeah. We're, all, we're, all, yeah. we're all in the same world here. If, if you want to be more uh, self-gratifying, or uh, I'd always get a Clydesdale category. Oh, yeah, I, I love get to that big. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge fan, huge fan. Yeah. What a weird <laughs> thing, right? Like, I'm never going to be good enough in a tri triathlon to be like, really oh, competitive. but then yeah. they're like, well, you should just be a Clydesdale. I'm like, is that an embarrassment? I don't know. <laughs> I got to be 225 pounds or something. Got a badge. Right. I think yeah, it was, I, I think it's two, two twenty or it's yeah, like a hundred right. kilos or something like that. Yeah. You know, try to yeah. Mark it. Well, that's uncomfortable for me. I'm, I'm, I'm like yeah. 198 to 205. That's where I, yeah. I kind of sit. Now I want to, I want to talk about your coaching style. So oh, yeah. a big part of, what we do at Rower's Choice is we learn the, the culture of, of athletes and the culture of rowing programs. And you being a Wisco guy, you and I share the exact same style of coaching because of the people that taught us, right? Greg Meyer and Chris Clark taught you. Greg Meyer taught me. Chris Clark taught, you know, Greg. And it was like a lot of this back and forth. Do you share the similar culture that you had at Wisco with your guys at Nutrier? I would have to say, uh, yeah, to some, to some scalable effort, you know, I, I feel like, um, it's, it's hard to take a collegiate, a collegiate training program and put it on top of high school. I, you just can't do it. Um, yeah. even when you talk about the mindset and the training in that case, you can't do that either. I feel like it all has to be, I'll use a teacher word, scaffolding, right? You got to kind of break it down into manageable steps before you can get them to that space. All right. So, explain so I, that. I, explain yeah. that a little deeper to me. Like you said, scaffolding. So explain that to me. Yeah. So, so like, let's say, um, let's go quantitatively. Like, let's say you want to get a 2K under whatever. Uh, let's call it six minutes benchmark. Okay. You need to do, let's do like five by 750. Right. Let's try to figure out, you know, let's put out rest as much as you want. Let's shorten rest until we get at less than equal rest. And that will get you in a space where you could do something. So maybe you start off that goal at like a, a 150 and then you push it down to 146 okay let's do a harder workout let's do a failure workout okay like can you hold this uh 140 for more than a minute and then okay now i think you're ready for this next goal so at that point it's all just a very succinct stepping process of setting up targets knocking down setting up a new target knocking down and just that that growth and development everybody can mark um it's also visual for the athlete visual for the coach and we can both talk about it um and more importantly, which will inevitably happen, we could talk about failure, right? What happens when you miss, right? What happens when you don't get it? Did you sleep well enough? Are you eating? Like you talk about this mindset. Did you just, did you just get a girlfriend or just break up with a girlfriend or some guys? Like there's, there's just this life aspect that you get to talk about it. 
And all those are steps to kind of get ready for what's next. So when you have either a varsity high school athlete or you're moving on to a collegiate athlete, you can realize those steps are going to go further. They're going to get harder. They're going to get more challenging, but hopefully we can figure out all those small benchmarks and small steps they can make. And that would be that scaffolding part to get them to the bigger thing. I like that. Now I'm going to, okay. So this goes back to what we share with Greg Meyer. So um, I'll never forget Greg Meyer would break us down individually and he would go meet with us privately mm -hmm. and he would talk about life, right? And he would ask those questions. He would say, mm -hmm. you know, how's life at home? How are your parents? How is your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever. Um, do you do that level of communication with your athletes? Do you have that private time where you kind of learn about them a little bit and, or do you try to keep one step back removed and just say, I'm the head coach and I'm just going to focus on the program? Yeah, I, I don't think, um, you know, that, that, that mindset of stepping away, I've tried that and it has not led to anything successful. It has not led to positive team culture. It has not led to good conversations. It has not led to trust, the athlete trusting the coach, the coach trusting the athlete. I think those are two big branches that need to be built up pretty well, and it has to go through dialogue. Um, we do have a lot of challenges because I'm not on campus. The boathouse is not on campus where they go to school. So there's like really kind of a small window where we can kind of get things going. Um, and so, so sometimes it might be just one off. Hey, how's it going? Great, good, go. And then you walk away or, uh, or try to find at the beginning of the year, we've been trying to get to certainly the sophomores coming into the varsity level, just one-on-ones what's up like how's academics what's going on in your life what are your goals how are we going to get there um and i always i'm a big fan of google surveys i'm a big number junkie uh, i'm sending everything out and bringing everything in i'm building out spreadsheets uh whether spreadsheets just for the coaches or spreadsheets for the team um it's 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 all got to be transparent so everybody has a good understanding of what's happening I like so yeah that. so i do yeah so i do think that 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 one-on-one -on -one conversation and just ask questions that are like just maybe not seems not nonsensical, but just open up a door for a kid to walk through and just be like, oh yeah, now you want to talk about that new album that that person came out with. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah but, that, but that breaks down, like you said, it builds the trust. So um, I have two children myself and one's six and one's four. And I really see the, I really see them developing little anxieties and confusion in the world and I'm, and I'm also seeing a lot of that with high school athletes right yeah. the headspace of a high school athlete these days is much different than I think it was before I mean there's so many other things happening in their lives um do you see that in your position and and how do you handle that as a head coach like how do you handle the anxiety built mm -hmm. around winning and losing and what these athletes are facing at home yeah holy smokes um uh, yeah, I, I think our, our, our space academically and athletically sometimes is a bit of a pressure cooker. Um, I think there are a lot of expectations and a lot of input coming in from all sorts of joints. And, and I, I, I cannot imagine as a student these days with everything out there, how to like get my mind straight. I feel like I was a really simple student. I was a very simple athlete. Get in front of me, that's it, done. But if you have like all social media, um, everything that's bombarding you every single day, no understanding of how to manage it for freshman, sophomore, high school, holy smokes, um, it's overwhelming. And we came into a headway about this last year where we had an absolute mental breakdown in the middle of uh, a regatta weekend. And we, we really had to take everything back, figure out what the heck happened. 
Um, and this past year, we've been doing a lot more meditation. Um, we've been doing a lot more group breathing exercises. We've had more mental space where we could actually check in with different uh, levels of athletes, right? Seniors talk to juniors, juniors talk to sophomores, smaller groups oh. where we could get into space, um, where we could just talk about anxiety, right? What's your biggest concern moving forward? What's your biggest fear about this training cycle we're going to get into? What support do you need? Not even talking about what's your 2K target, because that's like, that's so secondary when you start yeah. setting these things up. Um, and we turned it around uh, in a big space and just kind of just to mark it, um, even last spring, just to be very quantitative, like spring, uh, last spring at SRAAs, um, we were like, man, we're, we're hitting all the marks. Everything's going great. Keep on pace, step, step, step. And just, I just saw it building up until we got to grand finals and everybody jumped out of the gate and we just dropped it. And I'm wow. like, what happened? Like we were, I thought everything on the mark got us to this position and we finalized in that position. What happened? And we had a real long conversation, a real long talk and we did something. And it was, I don't know if, you know, Wim Hof breathing exercises we did uh read this article talk about it next class period or next uh, training cycle or next <laughs> practice and then we actually did it before and after practices guys would go into the boathouse we turn off the lights everybody shut up and just go underneath the boat and breathe let's wow. talk for a second hit the water and let's go and it got us to a space by the youths which i think was like a two week cycle, two and a half weeks before we start yep. getting there. I'm yep. like, all right, that's the, what we, that's what we could do. Like, and that's when we were in some awesome. How races. did you, how did you do last? How did you do last uh, youth nationals? Uh, we, we've got, oh, you should go watch these races. They're my favorite races. Unfortunately, we lost one and won one, but still, um, we ended up winning the B final, the men varsity um, you know, that's nothing to, that's nothing to, to, that, I mean, that's to be very proud of. I mean, I know I'm over the moon with that. Um, but if, if you looked at our semifinal, it, we missed it to Greenwich, a great crew. Um, and that were just smoking through us, but it was four of us like inching back and forth. I think Newport or no, who was in front capital kind of was out by a couple seats we're all just trading right st joe's was there they were up we were up they were up trading back and forth back and forth and we missed it by 0.05 seconds you know you're such a nerd one. you're such oh. a nerd like you're a rowing nerd and i love it i love wow, it like yes. i i love that you just can't get enough of these like <laughs> races and i think that's really what what separates um the passionate great coaches is like finding guys like you that can't that, that that can't go an hour without talking about your crew that can't go an hour without talking about rowing in some fashion um i think that's wonderful now i i want to touch on something because i've been writing i take notes in every interview i take notes. oh yeah yeah totally and, me and too there's there's this whole I, I highlight this whole section here that i've i've like i've starred a lot it takes a lot of effort for a coach to say i don't want 10 minutes on the erg right now i want 10 minutes of breathing I want you guys to take 10 minutes and talk to me and talk to your other athletes about the anxieties, about the physical pressures of what's going on. How long did it take you as a coach to kind of figure that out? Cause it didn't happen your first year. Like how long did it take for you to realize that that was a good momentum and thing that you needed to do? Um, that's a really hard question. 
Uh, I don't know if I could even answer that question and say, yes, I do know it. I think everything changes. Everything is a moving target. It's, it's yeah, a everything evolves. Right. Uh, you know, but I, I think I can definitely tell when, and I don't want to say it's like a, a, def, a definitive, you win because you did something right. I don't think that's right. But I definitely could see where we did something right when we had space to talk, when I was listening to the athletes and to my coaches and not just, you know, firing right ahead. Um, and you can find those, those, uh, I want to use teachable moments and you know, it's going right. If you s just don't do pound through something, take five or 10 minutes and just take a moment to reflect, talk about what went well, what happened here. And I even had a practice last fall. We have a really cool group of guys, but very interesting, very young. And just noticed that we were acting kind of like buttheads a little bit. And yeah. we spent half of the practice, uh, we have like a pretty much a 90 minute session that we could actually go row on a good day and took 45 to 50 of those minutes just to go run hills, to talk about it, to do some partner activities, realize that, you know, you, you, we came away with the expression, um, you're here as an athlete to carry one another, but you also don't want to be a difficult person to be carried. I like and that. We had that mindset. And then we, um, like, we ran right back to the boathouse and we had like 30 minutes. We came off the water and I was like, so what did we learn today? And one of the guys just raised his hand, I was like, coach, that was like, those are the best strokes I had all season. And we were only on the water for like a third of what we should be doing because we were thinking about the right thing before we went out. And it was just such a moment of like, good, you, you got it. Like that is like, you point to the guy who said it and be like, put them on your hands, break down practice. Cause that's exactly what I want you guys to think about. Well, let's do it tomorrow. Mm. So I, I think those moments you have to pause, you have to have a moment to reflect and see, is it working? Is it not working? Um, listen to your athletes, listen to your captains. It, it, and again, it took, a, it takes a long time to build that up, but certainly opening up those uh, uh, paths for communication is really helpful. Where do you, where do you see yourself? Um, you know, so you're, you're, you have two jobs, right? So you're not a professional in the sport of rowing, right? That's not your only job. Do you, do you see yourself staying with uh, Nutria for a while? Do you think that you'd be bouncing around? Do you want to go the route of maybe junior national or even collegiate level? Or do you like really just enjoy the structure of what you have right now? Um, so every, like I said, every, every year is a battle. Every year is something new. Every year is a, a, a new challenge. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy work, working where I am. And as I mentioned, these two different spheres of, of, of teaching at one school and coaching with Nutria and bringing everything together is like, I feel like is so invaluable. Um, and in terms of making that move, you know, my, my wife uh, is also uh, working in Chicago and, and, and her career is just, you know, doing some awesome stuff. That's great. So there's that other element that <laughs> I, if I went and coached collegiately, I would be going by myself. <laughs> um, and I, I do not want to do that. Uh, CJ, CJ tends to send me some things about uh, times. Um, mm. And you have two teams, right, in the, in, the, in the competition, right? In the round of 64, you had two, enter, and mm. both have advanced. Is that right? Yeah, so, so if I, I was watching, and I think we have two in the A bracket and two in the B bracket. That's, um, uh, and they, so they your team it. is deep. You're, you have a deep team is what you're saying. Um, so, uh, yes and no. So, so that's not my whole, uh, it's a whole team. I, I, 
we are on total lockdown. Not everybody has ERGs and not everybody's willing to ERG through this. Okay. So we had to take, as you're talking about mental space, I have a lot of guys who just like are done with the ERG. And I'm like, wow. I get it. Peace out. You just relax. Do something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I, I know what burnout looks like. And, and right now our space right now is all about development. Um, all about figuring out what you're going to do in the next step. Granted, all the races are done, so it's, I, I don't want to sound so glib, it's another fall season where you have to look at progress, you have to look at growth. We're all doing the same thing. We're doing this, we're having Zoom sessions uh, two to three, uh, two times per week. Um, I've been doing a, 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 another third student session with either the seniors or juniors and just talking to them individually as a group. Um, yep. We do technique, tomorrow is technique Tuesday, right? They submit their herbs, we talk about it, we slow it down. Um, and and I think it's it's yeah it's very helpful. I think I lost track of the question, but uh, yeah, the two teams. So we got so those are that's like if those guys keep going, awesome. What a big success story. But I have novices moving up. I have juniors and sophomores taking groups that all my seniors will be in, but they're not doing it because they need a break. Um, so it's pretty exciting to see them progressing. Well, I'm I'm excited to watch them too. I mean, there's a lot of talent coming out of Chicago for this tournament. I mean, <laughs> yeah. CRF, you guys. Um, yeah. I know there's others, um, but you, you know, you kind of answered my next question was like, how have you been managing your, you know, I don't even know how many athletes you have in your program. How have you been managing their time in this really difficult year, right? Are you, and you're doing, you're yeah, doing yeah. two Zoom interview, uh, meetings a week. You're doing Technique Tuesdays. You're not, you're, you're, you're all about development and progress. Um, do you, but a lot of times, like with a really great program, you don't need a whole lot of motivation from the coach. And it seems like your school has that. Like you don't need a whole lot of yelling and screaming to get these kids to go hard. I mean, they're they're at the <laughs> top of their game in terms of, no, am I wrong? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt, but holy smokes. No, they're high school. They're, they're, they're high school boys. Oh, my God. You, uh, if you do not have uh, a whip in the hand, you <laughs> may not get some stuff done. Um, and to the point, again, to listen, I had a group of the seniors. I'm like, hey, what the hell? What's, what's going on? We're not doing what I've been setting. Like, I'm setting everything up in a Google Drive. I have spreadsheets set up. I have teams set up. I don't see results coming in. And one of the guys was like, I think you have to start yelling at us. Like, oh, I hate yelling. <laughs> but fine, I will. Like, if that's, but that's the thing is I'm not going to just go off on a, like a, just a tirade of what we should be doing unless I know it's necessary. Because that, that ammo is, is, is very can be valuable, but can also be very damaging. So there's a, so there's, a lot of lessons, there's a lot of lessons that you're, you're, you're giving other coaches. Like the fact that you are in education, you just said it yourself. That's awesome. That the fact that you have like ammo, right? You have very specific ammo that you have to use only occasionally. And that you don't, you, you don't learn that after one or two years of coaching, you learn that over 10 years of coaching. So that, I, that's a yeah. really good nugget that I hope coaches can pull from that you got to use your ammo specifically. Right. And then the other thing mm -hmm. that I really appreciate what you've said here is you, I, I, I paraphrase, but you break down the year as a new journey every year, right? It's, it's, oh, yeah. a, it's a new year for you. There's new goals. There's new uh, focus. Um, I think a lot of coaches tend to really hold on to the past, right. Or, they don't look far enough in the future and they, and they, 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 they hurt themselves because they don't see the year as a new year, as a new starting point. And uh, 
I, I really appreciate the way you kind of break that out. And what's nice is after all of this, I've kind of learned what your culture is now. Like I, I've learned in a roundabout way what kind of culture you have with your program. Um, what, what do you think is going to happen? This is speculative, okay? But where do you think rowing is going to go now in the next six months? What do you think is going to happen? And what changes do you think will happen to rowing programs now that we've experienced the last four weeks of COVID-19? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of an eternal optimist. Um, I even tell my wife sometimes, I sometimes have a mentality of a golden retriever that I'm always kind of excited by what's going to happen next. Like I, I, because I, I honestly think that since everybody's had to change their mindset, their mind shift and, and mindset to how we learn, where we find space to do things. And, and frankly, I'm getting pretty stoked because I am tearing through educational resources, me as a coach that I don't think I've ever been able to do having been in the grind of teaching and coaching, kind of getting in that cycle. And every time I have space in the past, I've just been sleeping, but now I can actually like get through that process and take in all these resources. I am really stoked for all the education that we can provide for our athletes, educations we can find for ourselves as coaches, share inside of our community, build up better resources, talk to our athletes in different ways about how we learn as opposed to just doing stuff. Um, uh, we've been actually lucky and fortunate enough to get a uh, Coxon uh, tutorial session where Coxons are meeting online twice a week going through things with uh, professionals. And, and for us as coaches, we're finding space where I could say, wait a second, I could just figure out this video. I could have a Zoom session and not try to plow through something in a practice. I could actually just take a little more time, have a little more space to do something like this. And as I mentioned before, finding those 10 minutes is, could be an invaluable thing for your athletes and for your program and for your culture. That's so I, I think it, it's going to open the door for a lot of things. I have this conversation with a lot of people, not in rowing, but this whole COVID-19 has taught us that we've been living a life of abundance and we have been going too fast without slowing down, mm -hmm. right? And now, just like you said it, we can slow down take a deep breath and like kind of see our surroundings. So that's, that's wonderful. Uh, I really hope people listening or watching this can, can appreciate that. Now, this is my last question. We're coming down to the end here. You have two teams in the top 32 now, right? In the, in the final 32. Yeah. What's your, what's your uh, prediction? What do you think is going to happen with your boys? And don't listen, let the ego come out. Okay. Tell me what you think your boys are going to do in this in in this tournament right now what do you think is going to happen i i think there's some real some real good competitors um i'm actually really looking forward to a couple lower class or underclass or sophomore guys pretty much who are yeah. kind of mad they're not in the first group so i think that b team is going to do kind of over uh or outperform i think expectations i like um, that yeah as the a team there's a couple guys in that group who still have kind of scratched the surface of their ability. Um, still waiting to see if we could find it here. If not, they're, you're going to find it in their, their next rowing career. Um, but we'll see. Let's, 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 uh, let's get on the, get on the earth and see what happens. Now, what do you think of the structure of how we've changed the distances and how they're, they're different each and every time? What do you, do you think that's uh, an advantage for you or a disadvantage? Um, I think it's a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, 
the, the hard one is going to be after the, the Ted Nash, right? The, the Yale Harvard. That, that's yeah. going to be the tough one. I think yeah. it's going to be a hard, a hard yeah. jump to go through. Um, but I do like the fact that it's kind of changing up throughout the way uh, because it does kind of offer different strengths to come out for different teams. Yeah, that's exactly um, what we were trying to do. It's just going to be a beast in terms of like physical ability to kind of jump back and forth yeah. through all those, which I'm, which I'm seeing is going down. Uh, that's kind of like the, the goal, right? To go through this. And if you can make it through here, then you're, what's next? The Stoats. And yeah, the, then, Stoats, uh, the 750. Sprints. I mean, if you get to that yeah. point, 750, it's flat out. Like yeah. you can probably do that, that three or four times in the four or five yes. days it's through. I'm, I'm just worried for the couple of lightweights who, who made their way through the 750 is not going to treat them well. <laughs> that's a big boy race <laughs> yeah that is a big boy race i'm doing the competition and i've gotten yeah. to race this now I'm, i got to the, to the 2500 meter piece and uh i i i killed myself in the 4800 i went 146 i was I, I was overzealous i should not have done that uh and you're right the harvard yale it's like 6800 meters i mean that is just gut-wrenching horrible piece because you want to go yeah. as far as you can Right, but you're gonna hit like halfway through. You're like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna die! I don't know what I'm gonna do." And uh, I, I and I'm excited to get the reactions of the athletes. Right, I, I can't wait to kind of ask. So I'm gonna start interviewing some of the athletes and coaches and see if you know we can get some kids on here because um, I do want to find out how well they've they've adapted to this style of training, especially given it's April. I mean, right now you're really training that 2,500 to 3,000 meter distance to prepare yourself for the sprint race coming up in a month and a half. So to do a 6,800 meter piece in the middle of April, it's just, it's not, you're not prepared for it, right? Yeah. You're just not there. Yeah, you just have to survive. I love it. It's, it's a survival piece as most it's six a, days are. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so I have had a wonderful time and I gotta tell you, so when you came on, there was an immediate connection. I knew it. And it's that Greg Meyer connection. <laughs> and uh, I yeah. feel real strong about that because that just says so much about our sport, right? You're, you're 900 miles away from me. We've never met, but there is a connection. There always is. Uh, rowing, is a, rowing is a very small world. It is, it's just yeah. dangerously small. Um, but there's a, there's a couple things here that I really love. And I, had, I say this in most interviews. Rowers who start late that make it a career always have a great story of how they got started. And you're just some tall kid with 300 athletes coming in to interview and try out for a team. Oh, there's a cat. And Sorry about that. No, it's okay. And you weeded down to be the, one of the nine remaining. And that's an incredible story in itself. You're a, you're a coach Clark follower who came in and said, I think you should coach. And you said, yes. And now you're doing it for the rest of your life. And you have a really great philosophy of embracing the lifestyle, the anxieties of athletes and giving them a chance to have an outlet and providing them a great resource to be better at, at, at rowing. And uh, Nate, I've really enjoyed this, man. I hope that you have had as much fun as I have uh, for our podcast here today. Uh, it's awesome. Thank you so much for reaching out with the invitation. And again, thank you and, and Rower's Choice for, 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 for doing this, right? This is kind of, the, that, as I was mentioning, that glass half full that what could we do with this and seeing people doing something different something new something innovative and and i have to thank you all for that i really appreciate it nate it's been a pleasure thank you very much it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you so much this is the rower's choice podcast
Rower's Choice is made up of finish line shell repair, Resolute Racing Shells, and Sykes USA.